0: What's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Yukon Hockey Podcast. My name is Matthew and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. On today's podcast, me and Chris recapped the latest two Yukon men's hockey games as they beat Harvard 4 to 2 on New Year's Eve and then tied UMass 3 to three, but got the extra point and the shootout win against them. We also recap the latest Yukon women's hockey series as they got swept by number two ranked Minnesota. However, before we get to all of that, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow us on social media at Yukon Hockey Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Also, follow us on our Spotify account and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page. Doing all these things helps the podcast grow, helps new people find us, and i really appreciate it if you did those things. Now, without further ado, here's today's episode, and I hope you guys enjoy. Well, Chris, we're back. It's been a couple weeks for you, but it's also been a couple weeks for me, and I hope you enjoyed your holiday season, and Happy New Year to you as well. But it's finally nice to have some positive games to talk about as UConn beat Harvard and beat UMass in a shootout since we last had our last episode. So I'll start off with you, Chris. What were your thoughts on both those games as a whole and what are you going to take away from them overall as well?
1: Well, it was a good way to come back. I mean, Harvard is uh, having a down year this year. Uh, Happy New Year to you, too, by the way. Thanks for that. Um, You know, Harvard's obviously down this year, so uh, it was a good game, I think, for UConn to sort of get started, Uh, you know, returning back from the winter break. uh, I thought they played a pretty good game. They let Harvard back in a little bit, you know, there towards the third period, but were able to close it out. So, good way to, uh, you know, get that game going. And I thought the the game at UMass was good. They... um, thought they played well in the beginning. They had stretches where I think UMass really took control of that game. But, uh, you know, credit to them. They were down 3-2 uh, in a pretty difficult circumstance. We were able to come up with that power play goal, you know, right there towards the end of the third period, put in the overtime. And then kudos to uh, Jake Flynn for uh, putting that, you know, that great move and uh, getting the uh, the uh, shootout goal and, uh, you know, winning that game. So, you know, two big points uh, up in Amherst. So, uh, you know, good way, to, I think, to uh, to build some momentum. Now they got a really big series you know, next weekend against Maine. So uh, I think, you know, you want to build off that and try to uh, have a better second half of the season.
0: Yeah. And right now, UConn is eight, nine and two, their fifth place in Hockey East. But they've also have uh, they've also played the most games in Hockey East as every single team has a game in hand uh, compared to UConn. But they're 29th in pairwise and they're making some small strides, which is good to see in my opinion. I guess my biggest takeaway from both these games was just the resiliency and how they found a way to win. I felt like there were a lot of games in the first half where UConn just wasn't finding ways to win and scoring goals and scoring those dirty goals that sometimes you need to do in order to win these type of games. And I feel like the UMass game was the biggest example of it because I agree with you. I thought UMass was overall probably the better team in that game, but UConn hung around in there and then drawed that big penalty at the end and then Even though their power plays was struggling, they found a way to get that big power play goal in that big spot. And then I think Hyder's been excellent those two games as well. He really kept UConn in both those games, specifically the UMass game where UMass was all over UConn in overtime. And Hader made some big saves to really keep UConn in it. And he made some big saves in the shootout as well to keep UConn in it. And it just sort of feels like now they have, I think it's pretty clear that is going to be the number one guy for the second half of the season. I think he's playing his best hockey right now, which is good to see. But they've also had some big resilient performances and got some big goals and got some big wins and results, which I think is going to help build some positive momentum into a big series against Maine, but really just a big second half as well since pretty, basically every game they have uh, coming up or every series they have coming up is big in some way.
1: Yeah, exactly. So when you look what they you know, have ahead, they have, uh, you know, obviously games against, you know, Maine uh, this weekend or, you know, this uh, next upcoming weekend. And then they have games against New Hampshire. Both of those teams are ahead of them, you know, both in hockey standings and in pairwise. So UConn has a uh, a chance here to make some, uh, you know, make some make some noise from themselves and to uh, improve their standing and, and push themselves towards, you know, it hopefully is maybe some playing some meaningful hockey in, you know, February and March.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about the Harvard game for a minute, because that was the first game that was played. Um, Jake Richard, um, I feel like is someone that has stood out to me, he had some, I feel like you saw the good and the bad with Jake Richard, because in the game against Harvard, he scored a goal in the first period and uh, was just really effective in that first line with Shandor and Bradley, but In the second game, I thought he missed a big opportunity when he had that wide open net. And obviously, he just couldn't find a way to score in the shootout when he had that attempt. But I'm curious what you think about this. Do you think Rashard should be a first-line player, or do you think he should be in that second line? Because we saw how they utilized him with Matthew Wood in the lineup and then with Matthew Wood out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought he had a really good game against Harvard, uh, showed you what, you know, what type of player he's going to be. And then, yeah, I think he just got, you know, maybe a little bit snake bit uh, in the UMass game where just, you know, couldn't couldn't uh, put the, you know, get the puck in the net. So uh, I'd certainly like to see him, you know, give him a try, maybe up on that first line, maybe shake up the lines a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, get some different matchups, maybe get some better matchups for, you know, Wood, uh, you know, for against some of these other teams here. So I'd, I'll be interested to see what, you know, sort of what happens, how they settle in now that Wood's back from, you know, the Jun- uh, World Juniors and uh, just, you know, see how, you know, Coach Kavanaugh plays, you know, plays and maybe tinkers with the line here, you know, in the second half of the season.
0: Speaking of snake bitten, I think it's just hard to not acknowledge that Samu Solomon has been very snake bitten recently. I feel like it was a good, a big example of it was in a power play in the UMass game where he missed like two chances and then uh, turned the puck over, and UMass got a clearance. I feel like, in my opinion, I've talked about this, I know Wood has been playing a lot with Shandor and Bradley lately, and that's been a very effective line, but I would like to see Wood with Samu and Percival. I think Percival's been pretty underrated this year. I like what he's been doing. Obviously, he scored that big uh, breakaway goal against UMass on Saturday, but I think Wood has been effective as a winger as well, and I think maybe that'll help uh, Samu's game a little bit, um, having both those guys in his line, because I think it's important to have them um, rejuvenate a little bit because you need that depth scoring because I think one of the big things I've seen from UConn the last two games is they've been finally starting to get some depth scoring uh, from guys like Percival and other guys like that and Muldowney as well shout out to him for scoring his first career goal former podcast guest I want to mention that
1: yeah I think you know those third and fourth lines have been really good for them this year I think all the players you mentioned the yeah, had you know great years and yeah for you know Salmu, he's just it's just been seems like it just feels like it's been a you know, tough year for him. It feels like he's fighting it. I mean, he's got four goals, five assists for nine points. Um, Just seems like it's been, I don't know, more difficult for a year for him. And so to me, it feels like when I watch it, it seems like he's, you know, obviously pressing a little bit. Obviously, you can tell the guys are trying to get him, you know, sort of going by trying to get him the puck. Uh, and it's just, you know, not happening. So you're if he's gripping the stick a little bit, you know, tight and just, um, having a really difficult time, uh, you know, playing his type of game. So I'm, I'm hoping that he's sort of able to find it and maybe, you know, moving him to a different line might be the way to unlock it. So again, I'd like to see what, you know, what Co- coach Kavanaugh does, you know, this second half of the season to get some of these other guys going. Cause they'll need him to, uh, to pitch in if they want to make a run here.
0: And then another guy that could be back this weekend, which is something I've been hearing, or at least he's close to game back, is Jake Valu. Um, obviously, he's been out all year with a knee injury. Um, how important will he be uh, once he gets back in that third and fourth line? Because both third and fourth lines have played really well. I think someone that really stood out to me finally was Ryan Mashey in that Saturday game. I thought he worked really well with both Muldowney and Frazier when Calf put him in in those situations. But I'm, I'm curious if uh, how they'll utilize Valu coming back from a knee injury like that.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think it'll be glad to get. You know, it'll be good to get him back in the lineup. He brings a lot of energy, you know, to the game. Obviously, you know, one of those guys who can, uh, you know, get out there and, and cause some problems for the other team. And like I said, you know, we're sort of an energy line kind of guy. So I think it'll be good to have him back. I mean, obviously, somebody's going to have to, you know, get moved off or moved somewhere. But um, we'll see. You know, coming back from a knee injury can be tough. So maybe it's sort of a slower entry for him. But yeah, I think getting him back in that will, you know, only benefit the team.
0: Now, last episode when we had Kevin on, we talked about how Lucas was probably the best player of defense so far for UConn this season, but one guy that has really stood up recently has been Thomas Massinio. He had a great pass to Percival for that goal on Friday night. He also had two assists against Harvard. I feel like he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of recognition, but he's been playing really well for UConn uh, the last two games, and I think that's important because if Lucas is maybe having an off night, you might have a defenseman that can provide some offense for you and can be useful in the power play if need be.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's obviously been really good. Uh, Liked his game, you know, the other night against UMass. Uh, You know, he's really, you know, contributing from the back end, which is good to see. So, uh, you know, both him and Lucas probably, I would say, you know, probably been their two better, you know, best defensemen this year. So anxious to see what, you know, what else happens here as we move along in the season.
0: And any thoughts on Hyder? I know I mentioned that I thought he had his two best games of the season, honestly, the past two games, um, especially against UMass. What were your thoughts on him? Because he sort of kept UConn in that game against UMass for those vital two points.
1: Yeah, again, sometimes you know when you're just not doing it, you need your goalie to you know win you a game, and and he certainly you know did that for them on Saturday night against against UMass. So, feels like he's just getting better and better. He's getting stronger in the net each game. I think you know he obviously you know brings some experience with him, so which is which is helpful. And just you know like what I see out of him, and if they can you know get some a little bit better defense in front of him, I you know I really like you know what what he can do, and feel like he you know he's a really good experienced backstop for you know for this uh, Husky hockey team
0: and if you think about a lot of the goals he gave up last week weren't his fault he had that one breakaway goal which was a nice move by the Harvard player but also the one-timer that that Harvard player had in that power play, which shouldn't even been a power play. It was a bad call, in my opinion. Um, that unsportsmanlike conduct against Muldowney, um, where Harvard scored on that power play. But that was like a sh- sh- shot that no one could stop from Joe Miller. And then Suniav have had that absolute rocket in the third period for UMass. I think that was another power play when the John Spetz interference call. So a lot of the goals he's given up have been kind of can't really save those. It's just been those guys are super talented.
1: Yeah, I I don't think he's you know I I don't recall him giving up any bad goals. I think the goals that he's given up have been you know they've just been good plays you know from the other team, and you know sort of I would say are you know sort of would be you know really difficult saves to make. So he's been, yeah, I mean he's been a you know ever since he sort of you know obviously asserted himself you know in that series where he's be you know clearly the number one goalie. Like I said, I think each 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 week against each team, I think he's getting better and better.
0: Now let's talk about next week's opponent as they play a two game home set against Maine. Uh, this is a big one. Maine is currently third in pairwise. I don't know where they are in the rankings. I think that comes out probably tomorrow, but they obviously kicked Yukon's ass last time they played them 7 to 3 up in Orono. so a good series for Yukon to improve their pairwise spot if that's if they're still I think they could still mathematically try to get themselves in the um, bubble conversation. But really, from a points perspective, you can take away uh, some points away from Maine, which is a team that you are going to probably be competing with if you want to finish top five in hockey this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know this is we always said when we looked at it. You know, the second half of the schedule is going to be really difficult, and that they have some really big weekends. uh, You know, right sort of right in a row, and it sort of you know starts with you know this weekend against Maine, which has been you know phenomenal. Maine has been great. Ben Barr's done a fantastic job with that team. Uh, you know, they were, I think they're, they dropped to number three in pairwise for, uh, you know, after this weekend. And, you know, just trying to see where the ranking is, you know, for uh, for them now. But, you know, certainly, you know, one of the better teams uh, in hockey East this year. And so, yeah, I think, it's a, I, th- I think it's a really good test. And, you know, UConn can, if they can, you know, Sweep the sweep the series. I mean that you know puts them sort of back in the conversation. It makes you start to feel like they can you know they can make a move because they're certainly going to be playing, uh you know some of the the upper team upper tier teams in hockey East this year. And they still got you know games against BU, games against Maine, obviously games against UNH, which I think has been very good this year. So and they still have to play Providence. So uh, this is their chance to to make you know make some noise and you know potentially put themselves in a better position you know for some postseason play.
0: And they have UMass twice as well again this year as well in February, which is going to be another important series. Uh, Maine's top players to look out for have been the Nadeau brothers, uh, specifically Bradley. They've, that line with him and Lyndon Breen have been arguably one of the best lines in college hockey this year. They have a really good goalie in Victor Ostman, who is arguably either him or Svedback, in my opinion, been the best goalie in hockey this year and they have a really young defensive core i don't think they have a single senior in their defensive core which is pretty crazy to think about but it's still very effective and i'm trying to be realistic i think they can if they can get a split out of the series in at least 3 points i think that's a success, successful weekend overall in my opinion
1: yeah certainly i mean they get a split but you know for them to make Make some you know bigger strides. I mean, they're obviously going to have to. I think you know, Coach Cav said it you know several years ago, where it's like you know you got to start winning weekends. You can't just split weekends. And so, you know, unfortunately, UConn's you know first half of the season put them in a position where they're going to have to try to win more weekends and split them. But you're right. If they can get a split, hey, I'm happy. Means they're you know still sort of you know doing better than 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 what they were, you know, than how they sort of started off this year. So yeah, I think you know it's going to be. It's going to be a good, uh, good, you know, uh, litmus test for them, you know, this weekend at the Civic Center. So one more... Excuse me, XL Center.
0: It doesn't matter, honestly. (laughs) Um, One more UConn men's hockey note before we get to the women's team is that Jan Kuznetsov was called up by the Calgary Flames. He hasn't played in a game yet, but we suspect that could happen this week, potentially Obviously, Jan's career with UConn was pretty interesting. I feel like it probably ended a little bit too earlier than most people would have expected, but a really solid defenseman. He came in as a 17-year-old, and I thought he played pretty well most of his time at UConn. Obviously, played in that World Juniors um, a couple of years ago as well, and he's been doing very well with the Calgary organization, and hopefully he gets his chance and hopefully can um, be a mainstay in that defense core and be kind of like Tage Thompson, like the second everyday NHLer that UConn's produced, which I think will be big for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you obviously, uh, you know, you look at Calgary and it appears to me that they're going to start selling people, that they're going to start going into a rebuild mode. Uh, Just feels that way. Expect, you know, Markstrom maybe to be traded. Uh, Obviously, some of those defensemen might be traded. So uh, if they are, I would imagine that would open up some time potentially for him to get in there and see what he can do. But, you know, certainly feels like Calgary is going to be in a sell mode. And and hopefully that provides, you know, Jan with some playing opportunity to prove what he can
0: do. So let's move on to the women's team now, as they unfortunately got swept by the second-ranked Minnesota Gophers. Um, but I thought UConn looked pretty good, especially on Friday night. It was a very back-and-forth game until Minnesota pulled away with the 5-3 to win. On Saturday, uh, Minnesota sort of took control of the game throughout most of the game and won it 3-1. to I just thought UConn really hung themselves in there with Minnesota. And I feel like this is, it was an important litmus test series for UConn because I think it proves that they can pretty much beat and compete with any team in hockey East, which is, I think, pretty obvious at this point. And um, I think it's just a good, um, just a good ex- series to get experience because you're going to be playing those high-end teams when the postseason comes, and I think you're going to need that, especially in a conference like Hockey East where you're playing a lot of single elimination games.
1: Absolutely, I mean, big shout out to the the women's team and Coach Mac. I mean, you know, going out there, obviously playing a really tough opponent, uh, you know, national opponent, and I think that's great. I think that you know, sort of just. You know, they didn't come out with a win, but I tell you what, I thought they played, you know, really well, showed a lot of effort. um, And I think, you know, that bodes well for them, you know, going forward. Obviously, those are the kind of games that you you need to play more of. And I think it's, you know, helpful for them to, uh, you know, to get, you know, to get that experience. And, and I think at some point, you know, you'll, you'll seem to start, you know, with the windows games, but obviously I hope they get to play more games like that. Cause I think it's only, you know, I think it's very important, not only for the program, but for women's hockey in general, but, you know, in particular for the program to, to get that uh, experience and get that exposure and, you know, be, uh, you know, be sort of the team that, you know, in terms of being able to make the tournament and, and, you know, go, uh, you know, go farther than, than they've had previously.
0: I think it's also big. Uh, I hope that some of these big teams start coming to UConn. I feel like UConn always has to go on the road whenever they play these big teams like Minnesota, Quinnipiac, uh, obviously Penn State this year. So we'll obviously find out next year's schedule if any of these teams have a return trip coming up. But I would hope to, I hope that Minnesota comes to Descano next year. I think that'll be good for the program to have a big-name program to come to UConn and not UConn just sort of traveling there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it, you know, you're going to have to usually travel first, you know, you got to start building it up and, and, you know, UConn being the the program that it is, you know, unfortunately has to probably go on the road for a couple of these, but I agree with you, I'd love to see some of these, you know, bigger teams from the Midwest, you know, come out East and, and get, you know, get in play in Toscano. I think it'd be a great atmosphere. Um, you know, you just look at the attendance numbers, you know, at, uh, out at Minnesota, I think if they were to come here, I think, you know, UConn the attendance would be uh, a lot better than, you know, than what, what was out there. And I think it would be a great environment for them. And, um, I think the fans would love it. I think they'd come out, you know, really support this team and, uh, we, yeah, I would love to see it. We'd love to see another, you know, big team from the Midwest come, you know, come out to stores.
0: Now, the women's team has a pretty hectic schedule this week. They have three games, one non-conference game against Brown on Tuesday, and then they play two Hockey East games, one against Merrimack on the road on Friday, and then they come back uh, to Toscano against Boston University on Saturday, so a chance for them to hopefully uh, make some noise in the standings but also get a good non-conference victory as well. The only disappointing thing about that sweep, Chris, was that basically ends any pairwise hope and at-large bid hope that UConn women's hockey team had, which means it basically confirms that they have to win Hockey East in order to make the national tournament. And I think they're definitely capable of doing it. I think they've been the best team in hockey so far, in my opinion. But... With the single elimination game, like I've sort of mentioned, I feel like it's it's sort of no room for error, and I feel like it worries me a little bit, because like, what if they just have an off night? Then their season's over, even even though they've been one of the better teams in the league. So that's sort of what worries me a little bit. I'm confident they can obviously win the championship, and I think at this point the goal is just to get home ice advantage throughout the entire tournament so the championship can be played at Toscano. But... You know, northeastern. I know it's sort of a down year for them, but they could find a way to beat UConn. Same with BC, and I think BU has some talented players as well. And Vermont's usually a pretty good team. So, it, that's sort of just what I guess is the biggest concern that I have right now.
1: I think you're always you know worried about that when you're in a one and done tournament. But uh, you know, if they want to, if they really want to make the tournament, like you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to you know play you know really well in the tournament and uh you know to me if you lose you know the first game I mean yeah you could have a bad game but you know what that's that's the way it goes everybody has that uh you know sort of you know pressure on them so uh i you know look yeah it's unfortunate you know if they could have obviously you know won one of those games maybe it would have helped them pairwise but i look at it as they know what they need to do now there's no sort of you know mystery surrounding of like you know maybe other ways they can get in it's clear what they need to do win hockey east win the tournament get your bid and then see what you can do uh, when you get in there. So I think, you know, it's all right out in front of them. And, you know, I think it's, to me, I think it's easier when you know what your goal is. It, it just, you know, forces you to really sort of concentrate, bear down on what you need to do. So I would expect that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, Boston College is in first place by three points, but UConn has two games in hand. So, um, you know, I think UConn has right now, they're in this sort of the, the driver's seat from the, the women's side of, you know, being able to finish first and then, you know, give themselves a good opportunity, you know, going into the tournament and being able to, uh, you know, to win it and get their uh, NCAA, you know, NCAA bid. I
0: would love to see uh, the championship game at Toscano because I don't know if you know this, Chris, but, the there's they don't have like a neutral site host for the women's hockey's tournaments gets played at the highest seed so if UConn finishes in first place the championship runs through stores which will be pretty cool
1: I love it I I did know that but uh yeah certainly that would be exciting and and, uh, again I think you know a lot of people would come out for that so I'm uh I'm, I'm looking forward to what you know what they can do during the second half of the season like I said they have it They, you know, the challenge is right in front of them. They know what they need to do. So uh, I'd I'd love to see them go out and take it.
0: Well, definitely be at those games regardless of what happens. But uh, one more thing before we kind of wrap up the podcast is obviously a big week for women's hockey as the new pro league opened up. Three UConn women's hockey alums were in the opening weekend with Leah Lum, Elaine Shuley, and Natalie Snodgrass. And obviously, it's just cool to see the success of this league. I think like almost fourteen thousand fans showed up at the game in Minnesota. So I think it's just a good sign for women's hockey moving forward. That I think if you put in some effort, people are going to show up, and we saw that for uh, I think pretty much every team. It seemed like so. It should be interesting to see how this league grows. I think the big question is how are they kind of how are they going to continue to maintain those big numbers and maintain generate excitement and storylines and all that stuff, which will be sort of the big question because I feel like that's some of the struggles that the other two leagues have had in the past. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but a good start for that league and hopefully it continues because we want to see more UConn alums playing in this new professional league.
1: Well, certainly having the one sort of one true league helps now that it's all focused on the one league. They have the financial backing now, which helps. I think at some point the NHL will certainly get involved, you know, with this league and, and provide it with some, you know, support as well as, you know, some, you know, be able to, you know, help focus, you know, attention on the league. Obviously, you know, the league is going to focus on, you know, marketing these teams, you know, coming up with, you know, merchandising, you know, team nicknames, you know, obviously I know right now they're just sort of going with the, you know, the name of the city that they're in, but uh, they want to take time. They want to make sure they market it right. And I totally get that. You know, it's I mean, I think I was reading somewhere when the Kraken were uh, getting involved. It took them about, you know, 18 months for them to come up with the, the Kraken nickname. Like that's how long uh, that's how long it took for them. Uh, to do it and so uh, and they said that that was you know sort of important and so I think that's what the league is trying to do here is you know be careful you know plan it well and you know really uh, you know just get people to start playing get their attention to it but I would suspect that as the season goes on they're going to roll out things like you know team names and you know more merchandising and uh, you know I think the other thing too is there's going to be some focus on where they're going to be playing because I know some of the teams are playing in places where uh, they may not be playing permanently, you know, like New York is, I think, playing in Bridgeport, but I think, you know, obviously the focus is to try to have them play more somewhere, uh, you know, in the New York uh, metro area. I know Boston is playing up at the, you know, UMass Lowell, the Songus Arena, but I think there's some, you know, talk about wanting to be obviously playing their game sort of more essentially in the the Boston metro area. So, you know, I think there's teams like that where, you know, that they're maybe playing in places where they're going to be, you know, trying to play somewhere else where there, you know, be an ability to attract more fans. But certainly I think a good weekend for them, good start. And, uh, yeah, it would be great, obviously, to have more UConn alumni play, uh, you know, in this league.
0: Now, Chris, you're going to be off next week. It's going to be a solo pod, which I'm assuming most people listening to this are probably groaning at that fact, but that's the case. But we'll see you next uh, next time when uh, CT Ice Tournament rolls around and we recap the UNH series, so that should be a lot of fun.
1: be a lot of fun, and we'll certainly have a better idea of, of what this season might look like, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as we roll into the CT Ice Tournament that uh, there's going to be some excitement in terms of what they've done and what they might be able to do in the uh, the CT Ice Tournament. So, uh yeah, let's see how it goes. So,
0: could should be a good month. Yep, should be a good month. Obviously, beat Maine and uh see you guys next week when we talk about that series. Uh thank you so much for listening and have a good day. Bye. Yeah.